Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 113. It's now been one year and 14 weeks exactly since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And hello from the top Zen place. I'm back up the mountain and feeling great, even though the wind is a little bit severe and so you might hear a little bit of that. Last show I shared how I was coping with most BCs being off doing other things with their lives by focusing on my life. This week we have plenty of BCs checking in and plenty of bravery too. So I'm delighted that day 113 will be jam-packed with your thoughts and questions, as well as my own musings. Before we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and I share what I'm letting go of today, I have a couple of quick thank yous. One is to BC Dave, who was posting a five-star review on USA iTunes, even as I was up the mountain moaning about lack of iTunes reviews. Thanks so much, Dave. Here's a smooch for you and the lovely Kathleen. Another big, big thank you to tech guy Mikey from Jetpack, who helped me solve the technical snafus I shared with you last time. He went above and beyond the call of tech support duty and got the blog posting right back on track. Now, after we listen to our inspirational snippet and I let go of something, we will celebrate the bravery of new BC Shannon, who posts her story and asks for our thoughts and input on the One Advice page. Besides my shared comment conversation with Shannon there, Donnie steps in to offer her thoughts and her welcome for Shannon. Then Donnie also steps it up with some of my favorite things, foolish fun. Next up, we get a sampling of BCs I've heard from since last show. Amy from Wisconsin, Sue from the UK, Jill from the UK, and Stephanie from Quebec post what they've been up to on the show notes of day 112. And in honor of our recent theme of making ourselves happy, BC Dave emails me his list for things to do that add value to his life and asks all of you for your lists. Then I'm pleased as punch to wrap up this show with another of my most favorite of all time features. Yes, boys and girls, it will be time for Stephanie's secret topic of the day. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, and then I'll let you know what I'm going to let go of today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never My goodness, Josh, you recorded that probably warm in your recording studio, and it is really, really getting chilly up here because the wind is fierce up on the mountain. Despite that, I love the feeling of this fierce wind as I'm thinking about what to let go, and today is a great day for it because I'm letting go of frustration. That's right, frustration. Well, how the heck in the world can you let go of frustration, Lori? Isn't that frustrating when you are frustrated? It's frustrating. How do you let that go? How can you be Zen in the face of frustration? Well, BCs, part of this idea came to me from last show's letting go experience of waiting because it really wasn't just kicking my heels and waiting for things. It was the emotions that come up for me when I'm waiting. And the biggest emotion is frustration. 
what is frustration? You know, we know it's a negative feeling that we don't like, and it's kind of like that two-year-old tantrum inside of us. Wah, 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 I want what I want, and I want it right now. But it's more than impatience. It's like, I thought I was going to get something, and I didn't. I thought this was going to happen. So it's a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of bad surprise, and a little bit of anger all mixed together in one stew of uncomfortable negative mess. Just think about the last time you were frustrated, not plain old disappointed, not mad, like, oh, you know, oh, I'm so mad. But that frustrating feeling and how that's mixed in with stuff, right? Well, here's a good example. I had planned and I had written this show and I was going to come up the mountain and record it. And today is a Tuesday for me. Now, it may not be Tuesday for you by the time you listen to it. But for me, it's Tuesday. It's in the middle of the day. And normally, this is not a high use time of the trails around here. You know, usually before work, after work, and weekends, the trails get a little more use. So it's pretty easy to sit on one of the Zen places or other places and find a spot to record. Well, today, good news for the trail, but not so good for me and my recording purposes. This is volunteer day where there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of good-hearted people who are swarming over the trail doing trail maintenance. Now this is a very, very good thing for the trail and I salute them. So that makes me feel even more like a terrible bitch that I'm going like, gosh, I sure wish this wasn't trail taking care of day because I want to be here, you know, <laughs> and get what I'm done done. Now I'm not so selfish that really I wish that trail volunteers weren't up here. That's not true. And I think when we're frustrated, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are in selfish mode. But I think for me, I maybe feel that I'm being selfish every time I'm frustrated. But frustrated is more about expectation. I was expecting to kind of have a lonely, zen-like experience of just, you know, floating up the mountain one step at a time, listening to music or podcasts I want to listen to, coming up here, feeling all alone and able to project without interrupting people's zen space here on the mountain. And instead, I found a crowd. Okay, so that means my expectation was not met. My expectation was disappointed a little bit making it worse, it's disappointed in a way that if I feel at all disappointed means that I'm being a bitch. <laughs> I don't like to feel that way. I don't want to feel selfish. So that gave me a frustrating feeling. Not only am I feeling this, but I really can't feel okay with myself to express it. And I think that's the key, feeling okay with yourself to express what's really going on. And what's really going on is I wanted to get this show recorded and I wanted to get it recorded as easily as I could, as best as I can, because this week is really chock full for me. I've got a very full schedule between my lessons and other responsibilities and things that are going on. And I don't know if I shared with you, but last weekend was Mark and my 21st anniversary. Yay! Our anniversary. Our marriage is old enough to drink. Hooray! And we had a great time. We stayed downtown in a hotel in Los Angeles and we saw a concert by the actors who star in the U.S. soap opera in Nashville. And I loved it. We had a fun time. But because we were away for that weekend, that also pushed some of the chores and things that we would normally do on the weekend into this week as well. Okay, so long story short, I'm trying to get a show out 
before I'm gone this next weekend, because I'm going to be gone all weekend on a voice acting intensive seminar. So I'm not going to be able to write my show or do my show or edit my show or anything like that. So today was the day. It's on my calendar and you know how I am about schedules. So it was frustrating. Okay, let's add to my frustration today. Also, normally when I come up here to the mountain, I bring our beat up little green truck, the same one we throw our bikes in. You know, it doesn't matter. If someone opens the door into that truck, it's already dented, it's already beat up. If a bird goes to poop on it, it doesn't matter. It's already got bird poop on it. It's one of those kind of utility vehicles that are beat up and perfect for going to the mountain. Well, yesterday I was driving it back from Burbank and it got the blink, 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 engine is bad light again. And this is the third time in less than a month. Now, last time we girded ourselves up expecting another expensive repair, and it turned, that the, turned out to be that the part that was fixed last time went bad. So they repaired it again free of charge. But here we are needing to take it again to the mechanic, either for the same part, which we no longer trust, or for some other new and possibly expensive repair. But bottom line, I don't have that truck to come to the mountain. What's my alternative? Well... I could feasibly walk here from my house, but that is about, oh, a two or three mile walk uphill from my house to the trailhead of the mountain where I'm still going to walk uphill ready to record. So I gave that a thought, but realized that probably my vocal support would not be there if I actually walked from my house to the top of the mountain and back. So the other op the other alternative is to take Red Baby, my red convertible. Now, Red Baby is my pampered luxury car to me anyway. It's my baby. You know, I don't want it to get scratched. I don't want it to get dinged. So it's not fun for me to think about parking Red Baby in the parking lot of a trailhead, right? This is not the place to bring the car you're scared of getting a scratch. But I'm thinking, remember, oh, it's Tuesday, it's the middle of the day, nobody's going to be here, I'll be able to park it with lots of space around it, so, you know, it's okay. Get here, the parking lot is almost 100% full, all of them, the overshoot parking lot, the regular parking lot, because all the volunteers are here. Oh, no. So, I do find a parking place at the far, far end of the place, at least on one side, Red Baby is not going to get parked by, but I have to let it go right? I'm the one who brought my convertible. I made the choice to come up here. I did this. And so I just have to let it go and say what will be, will be. And that's very hard because it made me frustrating. <laughs> it made me frustrating. <laughs> yes, it did. If you were dealing with me, I would be frustrating. It made me frustrated. So I thought about that. And I thought about that all the way up the trail. Then I sat by my regular place on the next to Zen spot, next to top Zen spot. And one reason I like that one is one, it's shady, and two, it's a little offshoot from the trail end, which is the top of Zen spot that I'm at right now. And so more people who come up the trail tend to sit here in the spot I'm in. Therefore, I am interrupted less and I'm keeping people from sitting on a bench less when I sit on the next to top Zen spot.
Well, I sat there, but the winds were blowing so fiercely from that direction, it just wasn't going to work out. I could see that it would take me three or four hours to record if I had to stop every time the wind was blowing in the next to top Zen place. So what do I do? Okay, I pack my stuff up and I come to the top Zen place. And I'm here ready to record and the first thing that happens is another hiker comes up and wants to sit here and gives me that look like, oh no, you're here. And I'm like, oh hi, he's so high. And he turns around and goes back and I feel badly because I'm sitting here on this, this bench and I'm going to be here for a while, right? But you know what? What is this? He has to deal with that just like I had to deal with my parking place and I would have happily scooted over and let him sit here for a while. I've done that in the past. So I can't take on responsibility for his disappointment or his frustration. It is what it is. Just like for me, I've realized that when I let myself get frustrated, whether it's my voice isn't as good as I was hoping today, or my vocal performance isn't as good when I'm doing my singing lesson, or I can't nail it in my vocal coaching sessions, or I can't get my room where I record as dead spaced as I would like. Whatever it is, whatever that's going on that isn't as good as I would like, those things that make me frustrated, it isn't worth it to let it stew in my inner self. It isn't good for me to focus on that. And the other thing that brings frustration to mind for me today is I've been hearing from a lot of BCs, oh, Lori, I wanted to do this, or I'm going to do this food plan, or I'm trying my best to do intuitive eating, but I'm really frustrated with who? Myself. We say this all the time. Oh, I'm so frustrated with myself. I had a binge. I'm so frustrated myself. I ate that cookie. I'm so frustrated with myself. I didn't get out to exercise like I planned. I'm so frustrated. I overate my calorie limit. I'm so frustrated. I yelled at my husband. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. Okay, let's tell ourselves we're so frustrated and what happens is our adrenaline goes through the roof, our shoulders tense up, at least mine do. I mean, just imagine for a moment, you're super frustrated. Think of the last time you were frustrated with yourself and doesn't your body feel all tight and prickly and spiny? Okay, now that you're all frustrated, do you feel like giving a hug to your kid or your cat or your husband or your wife or even your teddy bear? Do you feel like it? Or do you feel like jabbing your finger at them and being all snarly and nasty? Because frustration breeds frustration. Peace breeds peace. Love brings love. So let's pretend that we just blew our diet or we didn't exercise or we didn't do great in our singing lesson or whatever it is. And we are really, really frustrated. Oh, I'm just so frustrated. What if we say, I am so gosh darn frustrated. And then we breathe. Oh, why am I frustrated? Well, I was hoping that I was going to show improvement in my singing lesson. Well, I was hoping that I could have met every one of my exercise goals today. I was hoping that my husband would have done this for me, or I was hoping that this would have happened. I was hoping I would have got a easy parking place with my truck and the wind wouldn't be blowing. Because frustration is always about dashed hopes, dashed expectations. And the minute you start listing for yourself why you're frustrated, what, what was the hope that was dashed when you start listing listing these hopes for yourself 
you start to calm down and get a little bit in touch with, you know, maybe some of the sadness around it or, you know, some of the, oh, I wish things were different. But that feels very, very different in your body. And now that you have the hopes kind of foremost in your mind, you can see, is there anything that can be done? Or is the best thing I can do is just to let it go? Okay, so for me, couldn't use my truck. What's to be done? I chose to bring Red Baby. Okay, it's crowded. What's to be done? I could have turned around and gone home. I could have said, well, if the show has another two-week gap, it does. But I decided it was worth it to me to take a chance and park the car and walk up here and do the show. Okay, I made that choice. So I'm choosing whatever that would be, right? The feeling of accomplishment of actually recording the show as well as the feelings of worry that I get a little bit about leaving my car. But the original frustration is pretty much gone. Because if I stayed in the frustration, if I stomped around and was snarly and mad and bitchy and crossing my arms and stamping my feet, I wouldn't be getting to what can be done. Or if there's nothing to be done. Like at this point, I might be frustrated that my car is parked in a crowded place. There's nothing more for me to do. There's nothing to be done. So for me to let that negativity well up in my tummy, it won't do anything for me except make my breathing bad, really. All I can do at this point is to let it go. So BCs, I'm hoping that today on this windy hike on my frustration-free Zen spot will help you to take a deep breath and let go of some of your frustration today. Let's give a big BC welcome to new BC Shannon, who is on the Bravery Report big time for posting her story and question on our Advice Wanted page. She says, Hello, my name is Shannon, and I am 33 years old and have been a compulsive overeater almost my whole life, ever since I can remember anyhow. I've been a binge eater since university, college, and a compulsive overeater. I have maintained at least a 55-pound loss of weight for about eight years. Yay! I should be so proud. I am so proud. I have been listening to Lori's podcast, and I listened to the early ones, but had to stop because they would sometimes trigger binge eating. I really enjoy listening to the new episodes and listen to the older ones when I can. I also have some perfectionistic qualities, and listening to the episodes out of order drives me nuts. It feels like reading a book randomly. I will say I can really notice a difference in Lori's attitude, voice, demeanor, everything from the start to the current podcast. She sounds so much happier, positive, and hopeful. I am really posting today because I understand and accept now that I need to stop trying, keyword here, losing weight. But the more I focus on quitting binge eating and compulsive food behaviors, the worse it gets and the more my weight creeps up and the more panicky I feel. So the more I read slash listen slash talk about binge eating slash compulsive overeating slash eating, the more I want to do it. Somewhere within the cobwebs of my brain, I hear, well, this is who you are, so what the heck? I listen to the Brave Companions, and I feel safe posting the question to such a group. So I just felt that this would be the place to put forward the question. Has anyone else felt this way? 
and what did you do to get through it? Thank you, Shannon. And I replied, hi, Shannon, and welcome to the BCs. I'm so glad you feel free to post your stories and questions here because it is a very safe, understanding, and non-judgmental group. You write, the more I focus on quitting binge eating and compulsive food behaviors, the worse it gets and the more my weight creeps up and the more panicky I feel. I'm going to say, and remember, we aren't experts, but I felt pretty much the same way. One difference between my current shows and the early episodes is that as I went through my process of figuring it out for myself, I began to focus less on eating and food and more on my feelings and living my life. This is different than, oh, just get out of there and distract yourself. As I went to therapy and uncovered more and more of my inner doubt, fear, and lack of worth, I also uncovered more of my actual dreams and wishes. Baby step by baby step, I started working on those dream goals and enjoying those processes instead of ruling every day by weight how tight or loose my pants were or my inner evaluation of how I ate. My latest shows are much more focused on life, bravery, and how I choose to react than on losing or even maintaining weight loss. So for me, even though I still wish I could drop some weight, I'm so much happier in this life on the path I'm on, I'm not willing to re-enter my diet slash binge cycle again to do it. However, that isn't true for each and every person. We are all different. Another approach is in the book recommended by Brave Companion Happy, Katherine Hansen's Brange Over Binge. This technique treats the habit as separate from any underlying cause and helps you, or some of you, get rid of the binging itself. It's more focused on the brain and neural pathway change. Some people have had huge success with this. Another halfway book between these approaches is one I liked reading called How to Have Your Cake and Your Skinny Jeans Too. Stop binge eating, overeating, and dieting for good. Get the naturally thin body you crave from the inside out by Josie Spinardi. Dear Shannon, I firmly believe that you are more than any eating disorder voice in your head and that those voices think they are helping you. One way or another, what I hear you saying is that you want the binging to stop. If you can, I also recommend finding a therapist who you feel really comfortable with to work with you, whichever approach you try, because having that kind ear in real life for me has been such a help and a blessing. I'll read your letter on the next show and see if we can get some more advice for you, as all BCs have their own ideas and thoughts. But please, please, please feel free and welcome to come back anytime you want to express your thoughts and get a virtual hug. Or if you find, like I do, that it helps to support someone else on their journey, do so. XOXOXO, Lori. And Shannon wrote back to me, sharing just how much it means when we support one another. Thank you so much for responding, Lori. I am very excited to hear you say my name on your podcast. The funny thing is, since I posted, I have felt better. I am two days binge-free today and feeling positive. I did read Katherine Hansen's book, and it really spoke to me. The only issue is that if I continue to act on binging urges, it seems to really put me into a downward spiral. I, like you, am just trying to find my way in this journey and I finally understand that I have to figure out what works for me. I find it very helpful to listen to other people who know what it is like to live with an eating disorder. I also just finally told my doctor about my disordered eating. I was so nervous. She was great and also recommended a therapist, but one who is familiar with eating disorders. 
I am not a writer or anything, and I really wish I could put into words how thrilled I am to have reached out and have someone respond. I am on the verge of tears, so thank you. It means the world to me. Shannon. Wow, bravery report for posting, bravery report for sharing your truth with the doctor, bravery report for reaching out to a therapist. Shannon, you have a true bravery report, triple play. And Donnie supported Brave Shannon with these comments. I too tend to be easily swayed by whatever's going on. If someone's dieting and losing weight, I aspire to be the same. If someone's intuitively eating, sometimes it triggers me to want to try that. I'm in a place right now, but I'm working really hard on finding my own way. It's not easy, but keep on keeping on, and it's what we do. We will all get there together. Great to meet you and looking forward to learning more alongside you. And I say, well, thanks, Donnie, for being such a supportive ball of fire that lights up our lives. And BCs, if you want to support Shannon too, and or if you would like some advice about food, fun, or anything else, post on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com on Want Advice? Hooray! It's time for Foolish Fun with today's Foolish Funner, Donnie. <laughs> Lori presents <laughs> Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> Hi, Brave Companions. A little Foolish Fun for today. The wife, she says to her husband, Honey, I look fat. Can you give me a compliment? The husband says, you have perfect eyesight. Go! <laughs> and if you love to be foolish, too, call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly on. That was a great delivery. <laughs> I picked this foolish fun today because it made me laugh so much after my 21st anniversary celebration with Mark. That is so what his logical mind would go to. But logical or not, I love you, honey. And I love you too, Donnie, for sending in foolish fun for me to play. Next, even though it wasn't my intention last show to get some BC explanation of where you all went off to, I was still happy to get several emails and posts assuring me that you are still listening and sharing some of what's been going on in your lives. Here's a sample. First up, Sue from the UK shares with us. As usual, this was a thought-provoking episode. I guess it would be much kinder if I warned you when I knew that I was going to be out of the loop for a while and not particularly active. I've had a lot more time with family recently, and this will continue for a few months. This has been wonderful, but emotionally exhausting. It is now a timetabling session at school, and all my mental energy goes into problem solving. My challenge this year is to find times to switch off during my downtimes during this process. Normally, my mind just keeps jumping back and forth to all the things I need to remember and possible ideas. I will take my tapestry project to school, but sometimes I find following a pattern is much harder than normal. Not sure why. I find the blogs and episodes very thought-provoking, but if I listen to them late at night, I've forgotten what I wanted to say when I get up. 
it's always great to read the comments and hear the extra features. Anyway, as I have had a strange headache most of the day and can't seem to string together a coherent thought, I will stop writing for the evening. And I answered, Hi, Sue, just on our way out for our anniversary fun, but I wanted to make sure that you don't worry. You do usually tell me when you need to be away, and that is quite kind of you. It just so happened that around day 111, everyone except Dave and Donnie seemed to have other things on their plate. My takeaway was actually positive, that I can live through the lack of participation much better than before, as I am very focused on my own goals, etc. So please don't sweat it. I'm always thrilled to hear from you, but support you in taking the time you need to make your own life more of what you need. XOXOXO. Another BC who checked in was Amy from Wisconsin. Hi, Lori. I also wanted to let you know that I haven't gone away and that I have been waiting for each podcast. I get a little thrill when I see there's a new one. I help with choreography and costumes for our school play each year. So between that and regular teaching duties and family busyness, lots of spring's birthdays, I've gotten out of the habit of reading and commenting on my usual blogs. I'm so glad that you have moved on to a place where even though it is disappointing, you can carry on and make yourself happy without your BCs to chat with. You have made so much progress over the last year. I wish I could say the same for myself. I feel like any progress that I have made, I've backslid into some of the same old patterns, sigh. The play is this week, so I'm hoping I can start focusing on me again this coming weekend and I can get myself back onto a good track. Thanks for being here and continuing to podcast even when the rest of us get quiet. And I wrote Amy back. Hi, Amy. I'm so happy to see you here today. No worries. I know you have been busy, and I'm very glad you got the gist in my last show, which was the amazing growth I recognized in myself in this particular area. That's not to say I didn't have my whiny, woe-is-me thoughts and temptations, but something you've written here really resonates with my take on how we view our patterns. You said, I feel like any progress that I had made, I'd backslid into some of the same old patterns, sigh. The play is this week, so I am hoping that I can start focusing on me again this coming weekend and I can get myself back onto a good track. Sometimes I think we feel that we are on a set track, like when we're on a roller coaster's car and we move forward in time experiencing whatever we think and feel at that place. So if we aren't, quote, up to standard, unquote, in some way, we feel from a tad bit disappointed to all out defeated. But that doesn't take into view all that's in our life at that moment. As you've written, you are busy building joy with your class and your family. What a wonderful success to be relating and creating with them these moments. If your dealings with food slipped a bit to what you wished, you still moved on with your life. And the progress can be seen in that you did not berate yourself or let despair overshadow the joy you built. It's like my disappointment in the lack of BC participation. That did sting. I was disappointed. I did have doubts. But I decided not to focus on that part, but to acknowledge my feeling and move on to other things to create in my life, namely voice work. During this fallow BC time, I made breakthroughs in my practice and in my understanding of where I need to be in my voice work. I also acknowledge that my body of work is good with compulsive overeating diary. Even if I never recorded another episode, it is good. Not that I'm planning to stop at this particular moment, but I imagined it. What if this is over? What if BCs have gotten all they want or need from the show? And I realized that would be okay. I am still a success with this project, and all I need to do is listen to Fiona's song with all of you in it to know that. 
you, my dear Amy, I have no doubts about. You will continue to build joy in your life and find your way with food. It'll probably never be a straight line, but each moment you acknowledge what's true for you and create your moments in that manner, treasuring what resonates and letting go of the rest is good. And food is not the boss of you. Even if you ate 100 cookies, the cookies can't change the love you have and experience, though they can tempt you to focus on perceived lack of control. In my worldview, many cookies standing in for any food blip is a symptom. They're to be noticed, noted, then forgotten in the priority of building more joy with yourself and the people in your world. And from my very outside view, dear Amy, at that, you are a resounding success. XOXOXO. I also heard from the newly famous Jill from the UK, who we welcomed last show. Fame at last! How serendipitous that the very first podcast I listened to live, as in immediately as it was released, is the one where you talk about me. And Lori, I think about commenting so often. I hear things you say and I nod my head and I agree and I make a mental note to go online and tell you how great it was, and then life happens. But I am up to date with all of the podcasts slash blog posts. I am still working on my intuitive eating and I feel I'm making progress, although I know it will be slow. And I checked out the photo of you and Tiger being happy and saw none of those negative things until you mentioned it. Then I had to scroll back up and check. Is your hair a mess? Does your skin look bad? No and no. I just saw how happy you looked. Note to self, stop hating pictures of myself and capture the moments. And by the way, BCs, the photo Jill refers to comes from a blog post called Make Yourself Happy, Acting Without the Drama that I read last show. And in reply, Stephanie from Quebec pops her head back in to welcome Jill and to share what she's been dealing with these days. Hi, famous Jill. I binged through all episodes too. I was jealous as I heard you were only halfway laughing out loud. Lucky Jill still had hours to enjoy in front of her. But I read you're all caught up now. Well, if you and I are anything alike, you may feel a little down. Oh no, no more episodes to consume. But this down will soon be replaced by the joy of being an active participant in this community. Welcome, XXX. And Dave, I was touched by your braveries and shed a tear listening to your open-hearted comments. You are amongst people who get you here. Welcome, XXX. And to all other new companions that I couldn't welcome as I myself have been out of the loop lately and not very well in the eating slash emotion slash self-care department, but I'm emerging now. Just as cats do when they are hurt by pulling away in a dark space until they heal, I think I prefer suffering alone. Although support is part of the solution, isolation can also be helpful and part of the process of healing. Hey, to the rest of the regular BCs too, XXXX. Thanks, Monami. It is great to hear from you. We all need time away sometimes, but I'm glad you are feeling better and starting to poke your head back out into the sunshine. More BCs posted on day 112, so stop by there to catch up and post on today's show notes, day 113, so we can catch up with you. BC Dave has been burrowing deeply and with focus into finding out what's under his eating issues by participating here and by going to therapy like me. I was so pleased when he shared this gold nugget with me via email. 
And to start it off, first of all, Dave shared a link to the Indiana Jones theme song from Raiders of the Lost Ark, a movie I love, and it is a great soundtrack and inspiration for adventure. And I'll share that link as well on today's show notes. Now, back to business. Dave writes, There is value in the past I was digging listening through the pile of long lost compulsive overeating diary podcasts and i felt like a treasure hunter when i found bonus episode 51 and more specifically when you mentioned that you use netflix slash hulu slash tv to block your compulsive mind from talking to you as i have mentioned before i have recently unloaded all my dark secrets which was a good thing and i am no longer spending all the time and energy i spent engaging slash hiding slash feeling shame about this thing The downside is that I started filling that time with compulsive overeating and watching TV. Then I heard your episode 51 and I realized that even though the secrets are no longer secrets, the compulsive overeating voices are still there and Kathy and I were attempting to block them out by binge watching. As you and some of the brave companions may know, is that one of the secrets to AAOA or any other 12-step program is to create a list of things to do that add value to your life and do them instead of hearing compulsive overeating voices. My therapist asked me to commit just 45 minutes a day to doing items on that list. I was wondering if the brave companions would share their list. Here is mine. And this is Dave's list. This is what he does to add value instead of thinking about binge watching or binge eating garden, learning to draw, exercise. I've allowed my legs to get very weak, so I take small walks, five to ten minutes every hour or so, or do non-leg exercise. Read for fun, read scriptures, pray, serve others, take care of Kathy, photography, swimming, cooking. I have to find a way to convert my favorite meals to something healthier with smaller portions. Please feel free to share this. Dave, quote, Indiana Jones, the brave companion. And I wrote back, Hi, Dave. Your letter comes to me on a very good day. I will share it next time out. I have been doing more and more of this today, too. Today, instead of eating when bored or anxious or watching Survivor reruns, I have been, one, walking through the park and listening to podcasts about acting and breathing. Two, creating from these podcast files sets of exercises to supplement my weekly exercises from my teachers. I load them onto my iPad, then listen through an external speaker in my practice area of my home. Three, working on my breathing, also relaxing my neck for better breath support. Four, cooking a healthy chicken dish I can eat for most of the week. Five, spending time focused on my cats, i.e. playing, hugging, petting, making them feel my love for them. Six, working on my new song from singing lessons by practicing at the piano the difficult note jumps. It's a tough one. Seven, researching home recording studio equipment and possible goals to better focus on making a plan and a budget. Eight, getting photos ready for a blog post I'm planning. Without going on an eating or TV binge, I have done a lot, yet I do not feel stressed. Each and every one of these go with my life goals at the moment. By the way, I did watch some TV. I love Bob's Burgers and I practice mimicking all their voices as well. But this was intentional TV watching, rather like mindful eating. It feels very different. Step by step, my friend, I'm just now feeling some progress again. It is taking me a long time to begin to deal with the bad habits of my eating and my living. I started this year with the binges, pretty well gone now. But as I peel back the onions more and more, I see where more subtle things contribute to my not having or living all of the life that I want. Your list was a very good tool for me to think on just now. Thanks again for sharing your journey with me. I mean with us. Honestly, I'm focused on me today. Hi to Kathy and you, BC Indy. 
aka Dave XOXOXO. So BCs, I think Dave's idea is great. It's more than the same old, same old distractions from eating. It's a list for life building. I encourage you not to just nod and say, oh, that's nice, but to actually spend some time in the next few days thinking about what are some activities that can make your life better, more fulfilling, more meaningful, more fun. Then try like Dave and I to spend even five minutes per day doing something from your list. You will be amazed at how your outlook improves. It really does. And I would be thrilled to pieces if you would post your list on today's show notes or call the Bravery Hotline or send audio of your list so I can put it on the next show. Speaking of calling the Bravery Hotline or sending audio for the show, I'm so happy beyond all thought that Stephanie from Quebec is back with the next episode of her regular feature, Stephanie's Secret Topic of the Day. This is where Stephanie sends me an audio question that I don't listen to until it's time to record my answer. That's right, I won't hear her question until you hear her question, and then I'll close the show with my off-the-cuff response. So Mark will intro it, Stephanie will ask it, and then I'll do my best to answer. In a world where robot aliens beam down to silence truth with sneaky weapons. The human has been neutralized. Lori and a ragtag band of brave companions seek training to overcome robot aliens' stealth attack. A new voice of hope shines bright in the Zen place. Introducing Stephanie's secret topic of the day. Bonjour Laurie, bonjour les braves compagnons, ici Stephanie from Quebec. Hi Laurie, I'm calling with um, long overdue secret topic for you. Um, I wanted to talk about self-destructing behaviors. And specifically, um, conscient self-destructive, self-destructive behaviors. I had a conversation, I think it was on episode uh, 102 with uh, Suzanne, um, about how is it that we are sometimes conscious of what we need to do, but we choose, choose to do otherwise. Why is it that if I know I need to reach out, that I isolate? Why is it that if I know that um, I need to be nice and patient and gentle to myself, that I choose any way to depreciate myself? Why is it that I need, I know I need to stop eating and walk away from the fridge, but I choose to do it anyway? So why is it that sometimes, even even though we know exactly what the solution is, um, we choose not to do the solution and we, um, we choose self-destruction? You know, it's one thing to not do something because you're not quite conscious about it, but it's another thing to um, to know exactly what to do and choose not to do it. So I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Have a good one.
Wow, Stephanie, that was a pretty heavy topic for me to think about here up in the Zen place. I guess now I'm happy I'm on the full on top of Zen place for that. Basically, if I'm hearing your question correctly, it's one that many of us have struggled with and continue to struggle with, which is, why do I hurt myself? I know what I want out of life. Why do I do the very opposite? And you know, what comes to mind is, I forget what show it was, but when I went on the rant about, I don't have a weight problem. I do not have a weight problem. I have a weight symptom. I am of the opinion that what we know in our conscious mind does not necessarily reflect what's going on in the subconscious mind or the areas far below our awareness. And that's one of the reasons why I go to therapy is to help me figure out like what is that that's going on there you know and part of it is and I don't want to be discouraging here but part of it kind of is like my body image right because I've been heavy the majority of my life and you can look at my photos on my website you'll see I got thin I got really heavy and I've been about the size I am right now most of my adult life and as a kid I was on the chubby side and people called me heavy they even called me heavy in high school where frankly I wasn't heavy I wasn't heavy at all but I guess I was heavier than the slender people were the ones that were there were more of those body types than mine so I have internalized in myself for 56 years that I am heavy that I have a stocky build that my legs are big and that I am a heavy person and what does this go to your question it's kind of like one of the weird things that happened to me is I have been actually very slender several times in my life and one of them was my Weight Watchers experience where I lost 130 pounds and I kept that off for two years. Two years I was a size six in dress and size eight in pants and that's not the skinniest, it's not size zero or two but it's pretty darn slender. But even though I was slender for many years I still saw myself as the fat chick. I saw myself as being stocky. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't see normal size legs. I saw big legs. Now, my legs remained bigger overall than, say, my waist, because that is part of my build. But in no way was I heavy. No way was I big. In fact, if you were going to describe me in those days, you probably wouldn't use words like heavy, chunky, chubby, queen size, or anything like that. You might not have called me skinny. You might have focused on my short, dark hairstyle or other features that people use as shorthand for me. There's no way. So it comes back to this. I knew from getting on the scale, I knew from pulling on size eight jeans, (laughs) I knew that I was no longer heavy from the outside. My logical mind realized, hey, you've lost 130 pounds. Hey, you are thin. You are normal size. You are what you've always wanted to be. You're normal. But my subconscious never got there. My subconscious didn't feel like that was me. So a very small part, I believe, of my eating behavior comes from that wanting to match my outside with my inside okay 
And I don't think that's all of it. And at this point, I don't even think that's a big part of it, but it's an example of where we can have an inside feeling and we try unconsciously to get that back. Now, why is it that we isolate when we want to, or we know that reaching out would make us feel better? It's because we've learned that behavior. And I think part of that, why I, I will go back to me, because I won't speak for you, Monami, <laughs> I will go to me. When I isolate, it's because I don't trust you not to hurt me more. Usually I'm isolating because I'm full of grief and despair and not feeling good. And I can't tolerate even one more disappointment. And even though most of the time you have been there to support me, UBCs or you, Stephanie, or, or my good friend here in real life or Mark or anyone, even though these people have supported me many, many times, there is always a chance that they won't not even because they are mean or disinterested, but maybe they got something going on with their life. Maybe they have something more. And that moment of my reaching out to them might result in a disappointment for me. I may not get what I wish to get from them. And when I'm hurting so badly already, when I feel so raw and rough and in despair, I can't tolerate one more chance of getting that stick of disappointment poked at my tender belly one more time. So I curl up in my dark corner and I don't let people in because that is the only way I can protect myself 100% from feeling that disappointment of them maybe not caring about me or them not taking the time to prioritize me right now, right? I can't deal with that disappointment. I can't deal with it again. So for me, I will isolate until I have built myself up enough that I can risk it. And the moment that I'm starting to feel a little bit better and risk it, and I do reach out, I make sure I reach out to more than one. I reach out to Mark, I reach out to you, I reach out to the BCs, I reach out to my therapist, I reach out to whomever, because then I will get at least some support. But I think that's a great deal of it, my friend. I think when we're not feeling good, we're prickly because we're scared. We're scared we're gonna be disappointed and we think we can't stand it. Same with why do we screw up our food plan? Why are we sitting there shoveling the chips down our gullets? Why are the robot aliens in here controlling us at those moments when we say, hey, robot aliens, I noticed you're here shoveling these chips down my gullet or the booze or my, you know, cookies or whatever it is. Why? I know I shouldn't do this. I know I would enjoy the food more if I waited till later. But why, why, why? Because... When we focus on the food, it numbs us. The physical act of eating this food actually numbs us, sends the serotonin to our minds. It's like a drug, it literally is like a drug. And then we get the side benefit of if we are compulsive overeating, compulsive <laughs> obsessive types, we can then spend our energy focusing on our disappointment with ourselves and our food behavior rather than maybe some of those things that we don't want to focus on as much, right? Maybe there's things that you need to be thinking about in your life, in your career, or in your relationships, or things that are scary. It's much easier to think about the food. And 
our minds are brilliant. Our internal minds are brilliant. They know these things. And so sometimes we get these impulses that feel so out of left field. But most of us are not mentally deranged. Now, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, so I can't swear who is and who isn't. But I know that's why I went into therapy was to help sort out some of these weird, bizarre feelings and behaviors and impressions that I got when I was doing things that felt so weird. And the other clue I'd have for you, my dear, is cut yourself slack as you have. Know that it's okay to be however you are, whenever you are. And just, you know, the more that you can to just let yourself be. And if you don't feel like thinking about your motivations, just say, screw it, I don't feel like thinking about it. And go, you know, lay in a quilt or something. Take a nice bath. Just do whatever. Just be whatever you need to be at that moment because eventually... You, in particular, Stephanie, you're going to perk up enough to reach out as you have done, you know? But I think all of our self-destruction comes from sadness and from fear. And sometimes it just feels too much. And so we go to the well-trod road of our habit. We do what makes us feel better. You know, it's just what we're used to doing. It's what we used to do. Anyway, thank you for your secret topic, NBCs. I would love it if you could maybe let me know your thoughts for Stephanie. Could you tell us why you think that you have these times of being self-destructive when you consciously know I should not be doing that, but I'm going to do it anyway? Why do you think that is? And how do you bring yourself back into a more positive road? How do you forgive yourself after that has happened? And before I say goodbye, I'm going to slip in a little bonus bravery from me just to put my money where my mouth is. This was really tough for me to release in public, but I'm going to do it. And if I can do it, I hope it inspires you to share your bravery with me also. Well, this might make it onto the show or not. It's really more windy up here at the Upper Zen spot than I was expecting. But one of the things I've been doing, both in singing and in my voice coaching sessions, is working on my diaphragm. And one of the hardest things I do is sing America, a.k.a. my country, Tis of Thee, in one breath. So I'm going to do it one time through in two breaths. Then I'm going to go fast and try to do it at one. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims' pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. Okay, this is like before I'm really vocally warmed up, but also that was in two breaths. So now I'm going to try it here in this windy day in one breath. This is what I do to practice for my diaphragm. Ready? My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims' pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. <sighs> well, not my best vocal performance, but that was one breath. So that's my bravery for today.
Well, these days we came up the mountain in the stormy, windy weather, and now it's calmed down a little bit. It's beautiful and sunny and the birds are out, so I'm going to have a very nice walk down the hill. So despite my fears, despite whatever was going on, thank you, thank you, thank you for participating and sending me things to play and sending me your thoughts. And I wish all of you a non-frustrating week. And I hope today is fantastic that you do take a moment to think about your list of what would make your life better, more meaningful, and more fun, and you'll send that in. So until next time, take care, dear BCs, because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. Side.